mates of Mark One, you card crazy collectors. It's time to dust off your starter jackets, rip off those tearaways, blow into your game cartridges. I'm Simon Blanford. And I'm Lucas Goodwin. And I'm Pat Sellers. And we wish it was the 90s. Today we're really excited to do a podcast on the 90s phenomenon that was basketball cards. Uh, you would have earlier heard the familiar sound of Pat's voice. But we have a very special guest today, a reveler in all things 90s, Lucas Goodwin. So welcome, Lucas. Hey guys, it's nice to be here. So we'll just get right into it. And by way of introducing Lucas, we'll give him the first uh, bite at the cherry, as it were. Uh, first memories of cards and how we got into sort of liking basketball cards. So Lucas, for you, what was, uh, what was that? Yeah, <clears throat> it's, it's difficult. Um, I think the very first cards I collected were actually rugby league potentially 92 era um basketball like nba basketball was massive at my school dire street school and i think it was it was probably school everyone started collecting at the same time my older brother collected and his mates and i think it was just sort of like a culture um one person started and just everyone just hopped on board and yeah started collecting but it would probably be about 93 Potentially late '92 when I started collecting uh, basketball cards. Um, that's yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And I've pretty pretty much been off and on um, my whole life. Gap and then still collecting to this day. Yeah, we'll have to um, at the end of the pod. We'll have to have a chat about that. Actually, that um, what it's like now, maybe uh, you know, compared to then. Um, so I'll just make a quick note so we can have a chat about that because one of my colleagues actually at uh, work, Bromman, um, she was saying her kids are big basketball car collectors. It's back, it's back apparently. So um have to have a quick chat about that at the end. What about yourself, Pat? How'd you get into it? Uh, yeah, that was quite interesting to hear about the old uh, rugby league cards. Would have been ARL back in the day. That was um, yeah. sort of simultaneous. I still think that me and my brother have got a rubbish bag full of ARL <laughs> early 90s uh, cards somewhere at our parents' place. And, uh, you know, it was, um, it was part of life, heading down, um, heading down Queen's Arcade there in the hut to mm. uh, either the card store or, or sports den as well to pick up, a, pick up a pack and try your luck. Well, Kevin um, J. Drake, stamp collector as well. He was down there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> but, no, that was just uh, – it was – yeah, part of growing up in the nineties. Uh, had an older brother that um, yeah screwed me out of many a deal over over cards. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, I think we'll probably get to that later. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, there was a great walk down Queen's Arcade back then. Eh? And I'm, the Kevin J. Oh, yeah. Jake reference, Lucas. Did he sell sleeves, or am I making that up? No, he did. He sold uh, the Ultra Pro card sleeves. All the way, probably like ten years after Card Crazy closed down. So <laughs> I remember Cam Pollock used to uh, go in there and buy them, yeah. to sleeve up his signature uh, cricket cards. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So for me, just to, I'll quickly touch on that rugby league thing. I'm pretty sure they, like many other cards uh, that initially came onto the market, I think they were like 
bubble gum cards or something like that. You got them in bubble gum packs very, very early on, like um, maybe late 80s, early 90s. But for me, I guess, like Petone Central School, I guess if I'd known what drug dealing was as an eight-year-old, I would have thought that kids trading basketball cards was a bit like that. It was very surreptitious and secretive, like these little circles in various parts of the school of kids trading cards, wearing bum bags, you know, um, it was very, very, very much like that. And um, as I think you guys alluded to, that basketball was already huge. I already love basketball. I'm sure that the cards sort of helped foster that love. Um very, you know, very glossy, um, very easy on the eye. Uh, and for sort of an eight or seven or eight, nine-year-old, it was just heaven, really. Um, which I think, you know, talking about... It was quite, about, quite a good introduction about. to the sport, eh? It sort of made you follow a little bit because you, you sort of started to learn about the players and read the stats at the back of the card. Very similar to, you know, your, your, your first uh, PS1 game of... NBA Live, I don't know what year it would have been. Yeah, yeah. You know, it actually sort of was quite a good introduction to the sport. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, agree. Like, we didn't actually get too much NBA showing on TV, and that we'd, you'd either have to have highlights, a VHS, yep. um, or look at the back of cards to uh, the stats to see if a player was like actually good. And I think that skewed uh, my view on a lot of players. Like I thought they were real good, and they were just terrible, and vice versa. So, because um, I didn't really know what the stats meant, you know, back then. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And um, yeah, I mean, compared to now, right? Like, I could just watch hours and hours of in-depth footage of any player in the NBA, pretty much, and you know, and you just had to survive on the stats on a, on the back of a basketball card, and as Lucas said, like VHS, and I'm not even sh- I'm not even sure like that show NBA action that wasn't even in like until '95, '96, maybe you know. So it was you really it was a great introduction to the sport. I think that's um that spot on there, Pat. Yeah, that would have been early Sky Sport, wasn't it? Yes, very early, very early, and how much they would yeah. have had on, I don't know. I mean, surely there was some stuff on. I mean, Jordan's Bulls are massive, right? So um, there mm. probably was some, but it was very, very limited. Um, <clears throat> lots of different options, actually. Surprising amount of different options, really, in the 90s in little old New Zealand. Lots of different brands and sets. Um, can we name a few? I can you had your, he had your flares, your your upper flares. deck. Oh, upper deck. Choice. What was that one? Sorry, Lucas. Collector's Choice, Tops, Flare, spelt F-L-A-I-R. Oh, two different flares. Oh. Skybox was big. Skybox. Skybox was big. Skybox. That's good. Yeah. yeah, Top was also like a top with two Ps. They were almost like ahead of their time. Like They were naming their companies like they were apps. The early two thousands. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, do you know? Like, I don't know about the prestigious ones. I always, we I mean, we always just got pretty cheap ones, really. Um, so I don't think we ever had that many prestigious ones. Um, I feel like Flair might have been pretty good, and I feel like Tops may have been the cheapest. Just having a quick look, but uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I don't really know. I guess it depended on the set. Well, for me, I, I didn't really remember what was meant to be better, but like you look back at them now and you probably look at um, your Flare Ultras look pretty flash now, but I don't think you really paid attention at the time. 
it's probably what it, how many coins you had in your pocket to get whatever pack. Hmm. Yeah, there there was a couple of like uh, I've actually got them on me. Um, these are Flare Metal ninety five ninety six. They were about eight dollars a packet back in the day. Oh. Um, and like they were a very special occasion, sort of birthday, you'd get a pack potentially. <laughs> and then there was this uh, this card here, the Skybox Emotion. Um, wow. They were $15 Ooh, a packet. Wow. 15 when they came back mid 90s. Wow. And um, yeah, 95 this one. Um, and I, ne- I never ever got a packet of those. Um, that was just crazy money back then. $15 a pack, that's a lot of cars being washed and lawns getting mowed to have enough yeah. pocket money to go down and get a pack. Nagging mum. Yeah. A lot of hut news being delivered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, yeah, I remember NBA Hoops was another one that was kind of I think it was like a subsidiary of Skybox or something, um, but that was another one. I also remember there was a the, the 90, I looked this up, the 94, 90, that's a, that's a good one, Lucas. The 94, 95 Skybox Premium was real flash. It had like a, on the bottom right, it had the Skybox logo in gold and it was like raised. And on the right hand side, it was, it was a column with the player's name and it was in a real flash font. It was just, um, it was very civilized, very posh looking. It was, it was the opposite of a lot of them that were very glossy and um, trying to, you know, uh, assault your eyes with colour. But it was really, really, um, really, really classy card, the old 495 Skybox Premium. Um, yeah, Flair had a similar one. I was, I've got, got my little folder that I've managed to dig out. Flair went with like almost like a matte finish. They were 97, 98. Yeah, can cast your eyes on that like, wow that's late that's a, late that's late a matte, matte finish a matte finish sort of uh you know straight photo yeah that's uh that would have been right at the end of my career of collecting yeah yeah tim duncan that's real late real late it's a, a tim duncan rookie i i remember two sets that we had and one was a um my favourite ever set was a real cheap one. It was the 1990 Skybox. And it was a real super shiny. Um, and it had amazing graphics in the background as well. It had like gold borders, futuristic looking graphic designs on the background. It was almost like cartoony. And the ball kind of looked like it did on NBA Jam when someone's on fire. Um, oh, awesome, yeah. And they looked these up, and they're basically worth nothing because there were so many printed, but they will always hold a special in my heart, a special place in my heart because I remember getting my first ever pack, and it was that pack, and I got a Sean Kemp card. Um, and, it, and that was very, very exciting. I think it was the Skybox 1990 set. I think everybody had a pack because they were so cheap, and they were just trying to get rid of them because they printed so many of them. But that was probably my, my favorite one. Did anybody have a favorite? I saw that you you put this up in our in our little chat. And it might surprise people, but we do some prep, very little, but some. And uh, this was one of the size thing. I can't remember. Maybe Lucas might actually remember. But there was um, one series that had a rookie series with a a big bold text of 
uh, rookie is like a strap down the left hand side. Left hand side, yep, yep. All the... No, well, oh, I remember having quite a few of those, and I'm sure I had a Jason Kidd one of that. Oh, oh yeah. I always really liked those with the big bold rookie down the left hand side. I 100% had that card. See if I've got one here. Yeah, he's blocking. I was he's hoping I'd still have it, but I don't. He's blocking Muggsy Bogues in the uh, <laughs> in the picture. He's uh, I've just I've just looked it up. He's blocking Muggsy Bogues in the picture, and M- Muggsy Bogues, you know, uh, predictably looks unbelievably tiny in it. Um, but yeah, that's, <laughs> I definitely had that card, and I had lots of those rookie cards. Um, must have been a cheap set, Pat, yeah. if we had a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if he's making that block, you know, you still uh, he's Muggsy's still got the. The one to pull over him is uh, he wasn't on Space Jam. <laughs> you can have yeah. that block. I'll take Space Jam. <laughs> also, so one of the things I loved about cards, I think you both alluded to them, the stats on the back. That was so great. Like, as a stats nerd, I really loved that. And I loved it when the stats showed their whole career because there were some cards where on the back you'd see their entire career stats, you know, every single season. There were, there were other cards that only show their last season compared with their career stats. I always preferred that stat. Like I loved, There was one season where Shaq shot like 50% from three-point range, which he must have just shot two and made one. And I was used to, <laughs> I was used to amaze people yeah. with that stat. Like I'd just put it to them. What do you think Shaq shot from three-point line in the uh, last season or something and wow them with my knowledge? Yeah, um, you reckon it kind no. of uh, Lucas alluded to it that it sort of swayed you on who you thought were, was good without actually watching. Oh, that's real good. Lucas is that's showing a up. Table. Hey, Lucas has got a Hardaway table card. of Tim Hardaway, and it says that he's got his complete NBA record. Lee, and it says he's a key league leader in italics tie, which means he was the league leader, and that is in italics, and he made played eighty two plus games for the Warriors. And that says everyone, and sadly, it also says that Tim Hardaway didn't play in the 93-94 season, injured, of course, that devastating knee injury that Tim Hardaway suffered. He was never the same since. Uh, Killer crossover did it, didn't it? <laughs> I think it must have. Just one funny took thing. Out, that took I, out both the Hardaways, didn't it, knee injuries? Yep, Penny was the same. Very true, actually. Good point. One thing there, a little funny little story about but you've just brought to my mind, Lucas, that's how it says league leader in italics. So that was yeah. on quite a few cards, right? Because so many times everyone played 82 games, right? So everyone was league leader. So what I thought as a seven or eight year old that they had play a, played a season in Italy and they, they <laughs> were like the league leader, the Italian league leader in that statistic. Uh, I didn't quite know what italics were at that point. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would have got me too. <laughs> I don't think I would. I don't think I would have thought hard enough about it to even come up with an alternative like that. So oh, I studied right. those. I studied those things like my life depends on it. Um, I loved also like little tidbits, like that ninety nine, sorry ninety skybox set. I had an Akeem Olajuwon card, not a Hakeem Olajuwon card. Um, before his um conversion to Islam, and I always used to flash that card around for novelty's sake. Did you know that? And uh, That's very good. At this point, no one was talking to me because I was so boring, but um, it was, uh, 
yeah, it was good fun. I think this was something that was sort of very seeming irrational now, but as a kid, we love collecting certain things. So I want to ask, we'll start with you, Pat, and then we'll go to you, Lucas. Pat, did you collect a certain player where there was, was someone you really loved and you want to collect that wasn't named Michael Jordan? Yep. Uh, already touched on. Penny. Penny was my guy. Um, still is. Um and looking through this, uh, yeah, like, like I said, I found my, my folder moving some furniture <laughs> before this pod, which was handy. And uh, yeah, the most of of uh, any one player is definitely Anthony Hardaway. And uh, it was um, remembered quite well in my family, obviously, because about three or four years ago, uh, my brother bought me a, a signed rookie card of Penny Hardaway. Nice. Mm, that was nice. Yeah. What about you, Lucas? Um, yeah, I, I just collected basically like the good players. Obviously, Jordan was number one. Everyone loved Jordan. Mm. Um, I, I was a Bulls fan, so I collected Pippen, and I was a massive uh, SuperSonics fan, so Kemp and Payton were big with me. Uh, my brother was a Jazz fan, and he was Malone Stockton, so it was obviously heaps of arguments. Um, who was better? Um, but yeah, it was like just main guys: Ewing, Alajuan, Eric Coleman for some reason. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just like good players: Alonzo Mourning, you know, and favorites. You would have been stocking up on a few Bill Wennington's then. Yeah, I had a lot of Bills. Um, <laughs> it was always a disappointment when you saw his name. The tax. <laughs> it's it's hard to express. How ridiculous a bearded white guy was in the NBA in the 90s, eh? <laughs> like, Bill Wennington... He wasn't, your, he wasn't your go-to as a create player. He he seemed, like, 48 years old to, to <laughs> me when I was a kid, eh? Like, he, was, he seemed so old. Him and David Barnhill for the St. George Dragons seemed so old. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not who you wanted. Um, yeah, for me, I, I'd like to say it was... It was just because I happened to get a lot of these randomly. I wasn't, I didn't like love this guy, but I just had a lot of David Robinson. I can't say oh. yeah, I loved him more than anyone else necessarily, but I just happened to luck into a lot of the Admiral's cards, cards and um, had a lot of him. And one of my favorite cards was a David Robinson Predator card. It was this hoops power set. And um, it was the same card for every player in the NBA. But if they, I think they were like top five or top 10 in a certain statistical category. It would be a Hoops Power Predator card, and Robinson was obviously top 10 in scoring. I also had him a Mood Abdul Rauf uh, Predator because he was such a good free throw percentage player. Um, yeah, and that, that was always one of my favorite David Robinsons. And I also randomly had a lot of uh, Clifford Robinson of the Portland Trailblazers. Um, he was good. He was good, I was. thought. Yeah, yeah, love that. Love that headband. That was one of my favorites. Um, another. Another less favourable category we're going to go into now. We, you know, we did collect a lot of our favourite players. But that obviously led to some very disappointment, uh, disappointing outcomes sometimes when you open up a card and got someone you didn't want. So, Lucas, I want to go to you first. Uh, did you have a worst repeat card? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a couple of a uh, couple of people um, pop into mind. The first one is. Uh, coach here, Dick Motter. <laughs> I, 
this hoop set, I'd probably get about, I don't know, every second packet a Dick Motta. I hated it. Um, and the biggest one was, uh, this only happened once, but it's burned in my memory. As a Mark One, yep. and they used to have the um, this machine. It was like a vending machine where you put the like the one or two dollar coin in like the slot, mm. and then you like click it forward, and then five cards come out. Yeah. And uh, one day I was I had my last dollar, put it in, and I was like, yes, here comes a Jordan, whatever. <laughs> and uh, four Vinnie Del Negros came out <laughs> in a row, <laughs> and. It, <laughs> And a clearance Weatherspoon that was bent at the time. So, because they were like repacks, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's Vinnie Del Negro. I hate the guy. Okay. Pat, you have to, um, you have to keep going. That, that, uh, that slayed me too much. Yeah, I, I just don't really want to go on after that because <laughs> he was absolutely killing it with <laughs> With that, but um, the one I kind of remember the most was um, also not an, actually a bad player, but I always used to get plenty of Marcus Camby. Wow. Don't know why. But I used to always have way too many of them. Just come up every pack. It's like, I've got 13 of these now. <laughs> but that's the one that it sticks in my head. It was, I was like, he's not a bad player, but... Mm. You just got so many of this right now. Very random, very quick observation. You seem to have, for me, I must have stopped slightly earlier than you because these guys are quite sort of 96. I think Camby was in that very famous 96 draft class with like Steve Nash, Alan Iverson and stuff. So kudos to you, Pat, for sticking at it, you know, post-prime as it were. Yeah, I I don't know if I hit 2,000, but I might have. Wow. I would have kept going for a bit. I was definitely past uh, the closure of the card stores in the hut. Oh, that's impressive because they were very hard to source at that point, weren't they? Yeah, you had to go to that weird store upstairs above Rebel Sports in town. Can't remember <laughs> what it was called. <laughs> that's, yeah, I remember we, Cam and I, um, Cam Pollock and I, oft mentioned Cam Pollock. We went to the Northern Eagles versus the Warriors in 2001 at Ericsson. There was this rumour there was a card store still open in Auckland. So we went to some mall. Honestly, we we can imagine us going over on this escalator to the card store. And as soon as we hit the escalator, we saw like closed. Uh, it was real devastating. Uh, we mainly went to Auckland just so we could go to this card store. The league game was just a ruse and it was closed. So it was very hard to source at that time. Um, I didn't really have a, I don't have a Vinnie Del Negro story of that quality. Um, but I did get way too many Cherokee Parks. <laughs> I had this terrible Cherokee Parks rookie card. He's like leaning on a ball, sort of like a David Brent type pose. It was real bad. And just in the Dick Motta uh, mold. Uh, I think one of the one of the reasons you did like gravitate towards basketball that they were such cool looking guys, you know. And um, as you know, so superficial as a nine year old and. And I would get a Bill Fitch coach card that was always real gutting, eh? This elderly white guy sitting in a huddle was always real crap, and I had quite a few Bill Fitches. In fact, very odd that they even had coach cards, really. Looking yeah, back. having said that, yeah. whenever I got a Pat I think Riley... at the time, but ne- yeah, I was about to say that. I was, I was like, I reckon at the time I'd be gutted, but 
I'd quite like a Pat Riley card now, especially after watching that uh, that latest Lakers series that came out on Neon. Bill Jackson, it was another good one to get. Bill Jackson, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I didn't I feel mind like you would appreciate them more now. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mind a Lenny Wilkins coach card to be fair. I didn't mind that or, or the Pat Riley. It was just those like, you know, Dick Fitch, uh, Bill Fitch, Dick Motter, PJ Carlissimo. You know, you're never too happy about getting those ones. Moving um, on to our next, yeah, the. Um... The card that I have, it's the, the same series as that modder one, is here is the slickest possible. It's got like half a can of like spray in it. It's so <laughs> slick. It's real good. Eh? That's good. Do they still do a coach card now? Like the, the new nah. series? No? Nah. It's disappointing. Mm. Yeah, I definitely watched the Heat Celtics game today and Riley was watching on in the crowd. Slick as ever. Now just grey, but still slick back here. Um, so Lucas alluded to, great. Oh, he looks great. Lucas alluded to uh, one of the ways you could get cards earlier, but I think there were three ways in the 90s that you could get cards pretty much, right? There were packets of cards you could buy. There were the machines that Lucas said, and individually. So uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but you'd go into Mark One or Card Crazy and there'd be like a glass counter and on display on this glass counter were various cards for sale. Um, and normally the packs were sort of against the wall on some shelving. Um, can anybody correct me on that? Because, uh, you know, it was nearly 30 years ago now. That's right. That's 100% no, that, right. That's all ringing a bell. Yeah. yeah. And so what was your preferred, um, what was your modus operandi when it came to that, Pat? How did you do it? Well, first off, I've got one question. This will just come up. And... Uh, I'm guessing one of our four listeners might also be asking the same quick thing. Was Mark One and Card Crazy, were they in the same store? Did one take over the other, or were they a rebrand back in the old Queen's Arcade? So Mark One was on a different different location entirely. Where was Mark One then? Oh, was it Mark One? Next, only... next to Hoyt's Five? Ah. Oh, yes, yeah, so I, I remember Card Crazy. Yeah, so you you go to Card Crazy in the Queen's Arcade and then you go to out towards the sports den. Well, the current yeah. sports den, not the old one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it was it was there. No, 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 it would have been. Okay, back, yeah. Back I would have. Uh, yeah. Or what, towards the BNZ end of Queen's Arcade? Or. Uh, is that Towards yeah, uh, Simon had it right. Next to Ho- would have been Hoyts now. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, back yeah, out so that way. Okay, yeah. So easy. I definitely would have been a card crazy. Card crazy. One was definitely on the Wainui side, like the eastern side of the road, like that Wainui side of the road. Um, right. From and and I think it was okay. bigger as well, right? I think Mark One was a bigger store, and I think yeah. I think it had more stuff in it. Like, Card Crazy, from my memory, was pretty much only sports cards, whereas Mark One was just yeah. sports cards and various other geeky stuff as well, I think. Comics. Yeah. Comics. So I definitely don't remember Mark One as well, but I remember of Mark One. Uh, yeah. But So I was definitely a Card Crazy guy, and then when they shut down, I think Sports Den, which was basically opposite in those days, 
got that machine that you were talking about, I think, Lucas, where you, you, the coin-operated dealio there um, ended up in Sports Den. So I remember also getting cards from there. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer Card Crazy as well, just, just because it was just all about basketball cards. Not that I, like, loathed Mark 1, obviously. <laughs> Definitely went to both. But, yeah, I probably preferred Card Crazy because it was just cards. Lucas? Yeah, um... Yeah, definitely. Like the when I was in Lower Hut, I would the round would be go to Card Crazy first, see what they had, potentially buy a pack, look at the glass case, um, which I never bought anything from the glass case. I'd only buy packs, um, and then after that, go to Mark One and uh, just see what they had. Um, that's when I was in Lower Hut. Um, in Napier, when I'd go to the school holidays, they had a Mark One there. Um, and I'd go there and just that it was the same sort of thing, but there were less comics and more sports cards there. Uh, and they had they just they had this guy uh, behind the counter, Rory. Um, he was like the manager, long hair, gum chewer, and he knew everything there is to know about nerd stuff, comics, sports cards. And I used to like just talk to him and uh, yeah, buy off him. So I liked both, but card crazy, I guess, was my my favorite in the hut so i think yeah i mean so i i I think i bought one card ever individually um it was i did buy a 76ers team basketball card they had sort of uh cards that were just the team logo often or in the older sets just a team photo I remember arrogantly placing 20 cents on the counter at Card Crazy and asked them for a 76ers team card. And the woman just like looked at me real strange and like reluctantly pulled it out. And as I was walking out, she's like, oh, it's actually 50 cents, but you can have it. Because <laughs> uh, I was yeah, sorry. I, mean, I, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm the same. I still remember the one card I got out of the, the glass casing. It was, it was a Shaq card that came in one of those hard plastic one card storage options oh that's nice that's that's flash that's real flash mm. i don't think i've got it anymore looking through this folder so it sounds like we're always packs basically the trio here we're just basically mm. only packs yep definitely. You, couldn't, you couldn't beat it right that that feeling of that glistening unopened pack that represented endless possibilities was just I, there's not many more exciting things for a eight year older oh it's basically your introduction to gambling which didn't happen for another two to three years great point great <laughs> point that is such a good point so pat you mentioned earlier about your the plastic uh casing that you got and there were kind of three you you put this on our chat, so you can correct me if I'm wrong here. So there was the, the sleeve, of course, the nine with the nine slots for basketball cards. Um, there was the it was like here we get Pat's holding up his sleeve with various rookie cards in it. There were like a plastic, what was the plastic casing, Pat, that you're referring to? There was like a real hard one and a soft one, right? So you could get the hard one that was yeah, you know, like a one card clipped together type. Solution, which is I, um, I forked out my uh, my savings from chores to buy that shack one, and then couldn't help myself but continuously take it out of the packet to 
really rubbed up but um <laughs> and then you had the single single sleeve uh one card option that you'd also mm-hmm. sometimes double up so you'd put it in the one card solution and then put it in your nine card sleeve yep and then i don't know really how to describe the one that was well, it might have been might have been a 50 card sort of hard cased slide together dealio as well mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are the ones that i remember but yeah, I remember having like at least one of each. Lucas That's is, it. Lucas has got there the very go. container. The very container. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of those. Oh, I had two of those inside. Vinny Del Negro. Uh, there it is. The Vinny Del Negro card. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it's growing up in value as 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 we talk about it. Um, <laughs> But I had two of those cases that fit together in that fashion inside a box that went like that. It was like a Whitaker's chocolate box, but it also was the same fashion, so I liked having my cards in that. I recall our sleeves. Um, there were two different sleeves I, I remember. One had on the left-hand side had this sort of shimmery, silvery sort of thing on it. And there were even more expensive ones that had like card crazy stamped onto that silvery shimmery thing. Oh, yes. And there were also um, folders that you'd have. So Lucas is holding up a card crazy logoed folder. Oh, as, that's as good. Speak. My parents would never fork out for that folder. And because they're both school teachers, they're just. Old folders from like old Manila, like not Manila folders, old folders from their school would have to uh, hole punch <laughs> the hole punch the basketball card sleeve so it fit into the folder. It's uh, very yeah, yeah. I I did the exact same thing as yeah. You got those the the um, free hole punch sleeves, and then you're like, well, I have to get a folder for it. And your parents are like, we've already got a folder and a and a hole punch. Use that. <laughs> I'm dealing to the bloody what do you call it? Is it ultra flare holographic logo? <laughs> damaging the value already. Anything to add on that one? You mainly a sleeve guy, Lucas. Uh, yeah, I had. Uh, there's another one. I had um, plenty of folders and cases and and those. Plastic ones these days you have what is called a one touch and it just slides in. It's like a little f- soft plastic, um, and they basically and you get mag ones. Uh, a mate of mine, Shane Jackson, um, big card collector. Mm. Um, he used to have this Grant Hill gold card that he kept in like this. It was like double the size of every other case, and it had screws in it. Like it was the real deal. <laughs> it was unbelievable. That was like over a hundred dollars that. Grant Hill card, eh? That's, wow. That was, that was yeah, big. Grant, I was a big Grant Hill fan as well. I had plenty of Grant Hill cards. And then back in the day, um, possibly even played with or against you, Simon, when mini ball was a thing and tighter. Um, I remember, I remember donning, donning, a, donning a set of fake um, Grant Hill feelers. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, it was really another. Just talking about basketball in general here, another what, eighteen to twenty years before basketball went full renaissance again 
sort of globally and in New Zealand, I'd say, because it was huge uh, in 95, 96, for all, across all schools, pretty much. Um, and I think basketball cards had a lot to had a lot to do with that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much of it was cards. A little bit of PlayStation became a thing, mm-hmm. and Sky Sky became a little bit more popular. And it was a lot of basketball on Sky. But I remember I think, it being quite big. Like we're the only generation that think that the Magic are good because it was two years there where they were when they first passed <laughs> on the scene, and it was yeah. in the nineties. <laughs> And I think you can't underestimate the power of Michael Jordan as well, right? Like, I think that was a huge, like, just the one-man yeah. power, power that Michael Jordan was. He was his own sort of, his own, you know, orbit almost in the world. He was so powerful, and I think he made, you know, I remember some kid coming from Australia and first basketball game on the courts at Batoni Century, he was, like, sticking his tongue out like Jordan. We all made fun of him, but we all kind of wanted to do it as well. <laughs> Yeah, Jordan was was massive. I think another thing, um, like a, another shop that was so really important, um, especially at Lower Hut, was lifestyle sports in Lower Hut. Um, like it was opposite Queensgate at the time, and uh, Kenny McFadden or someone was working there at one point. And yep. uh, yeah, I used to go in and buy forty eight dollars starter hats. Somehow, I don't know. I've still got a few. Um, <laughs> And and he would McFadden would be there and you'd like clap his hand like he's like real tall and, and that was huge for my basketball like interest I reckon at the time. Yeah, that was a bit of a mecca. Eh? You'd go in there and it was really the only place at that time you could get NBA singlets. I think I don't remember Sports Den having them. No. They had all the starter jackets as well, so you'd go to peruse those and then, you know, just, you know, wish for them because you could see the price tag as well. Yeah, I definitely remember not going in there much because it would just lead to disappointment. <laughs> like, I just knew that it was just uh, a forbidden fruit, but you know, I just stick to basketball cards because they were way cheaper. I remember I did, did get it when Shaq was traded to the Lakers. I was always a Lakers fan, pre-Shaq. And because of basketball cards and, like, the odd VHS, I was a big Nick Van Exel, Cedric Sabalos, you know, uh, George Lynch, Eddie Jones. And then when Shaq got traded to them, uh, that's when I finally decided to save up for like a year to buy uh, Shaq, like a single starter. And shorts? Like a shorts, yeah. Still had fit you to this day. Still got, them in the, uh, still got them in the wardrobe, don't worry about that. Still, still look brand new. <laughs> still in rotation? Actually, no, but there's no reason they shouldn't be in the rotation. No pockets. No pockets is, is, tr- is troubling, but apart from that, they're a, they're a great pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> in high school, uh, they were like to your ankles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're definitely still the same because they haven't not, have not grown since then, um, which is why, you know, you can only really wear them in the comfort and privacy of your own home. <laughs> um, I remember getting ripped off a lot, to be honest with you guys. I never had one of those um, valuing magazines. Remember, you'd, there was those value magazines and you'd look through and yep. had the Skybox okay. 94, 95, and they'd tell you that your rookie card that you thought was worth lots was worth 20 cents. Um, so I never really they sell knew. sell them at New World. Did they sell them at New World? Yeah, I remember getting one at New World. Did you guys, were you guys consider yourselves 
the rip ripped off or were you the ones doing the ripping off of um, innocent school children? Oh. I definitely ripped a few kids off at a primary school, Guy Street School. <laughs> I did, I had, uh, yeah, I had the Card Crazy magazines and uh, Beckett magazines that would give the value. But you see there, I bought up uh, uh, my brother's friend Shane Jackson earlier. He definitely sponsoring this podcast today. Yeah, um, he was podcast brought to you by Sports Den. <laughs> yeah, um, I I I kind of didn't like trading too much. It took me heaps of uh, uh, coercion to get off my cards that you know that I'd gotten the pack. So I didn't really do too much trading other than yeah, ripping people not not ripping people off, but. Taking advantage of cards that they didn't want. <laughs> That's one of the great, great euphemisms. Not ripping people off, just taking advantage of people. <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah, no, you sound... <laughs> yeah. no, you're definitely on the right side of it there. Uh, my, my, look, most of my trading was done between uh, myself, my brother, and uh, my cousin, who were both older, and... Um, and probably a hell of a lot more intelligent, but that's you know it's a, that's that's no real mean feat. So I remember getting uh, over a lot with the old uh, well, I'll give you ten of these for that one. Uh, <laughs> being yeah. you know probably how I ended up with Sony Marcus Camby's to be fair. Um, <laughs> well, I've been giving those away. Maybe that's why I can't find that Jason Kidd rookie card. <laughs> Probably gave it away for 10 Marcus Gambies. Um, but I was always, yeah, especially with my brother and, and my cousin as well, I was always a bit younger, so I always just wanted to trade more than yeah. trying to actually get anything out of it. So I just wanted the trade to to continue. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely uh, got dealt to. Maybe that's why I stuck around and, and, and did it through the late 90s and possibly, to, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I made it 2000, but... Uh, a lot of my cards are probably ninety-seven-ish. Yeah, yeah. My my latest card was a was a Tim Duncan um, who debuted. I think it was ninety-eight, ninety-nine, maybe ninety-seven, ninety-eight. So I think that was when I stopped. But no, I was definitely ripped off more than more than ripping people off. Um, a lot of I'll give you this delicious almond gilliam for your crummy old Alonzo morning or something, you know, and uh, took the bait every time. Um, and I, I, I remember like very vividly going to very like this has scarred me. Went to a, a friend's house. I'm doing uh, quote quotations here uh, with my cards, so we could just look at each other's cards and you know whatnot. And having about seven Michael Jordans or eight Michael Jordans in my collection, and then coming home and there were like three Michael Jordans in my collection by the time I got home. <laughs> got to the toilet and uh, all of a sudden I had four less Michael Jordans in my collection. So I think that was like, now that I look back as a teacher, I think at primary schools, there would have been so much theft of basketball cards going on. I think I've got vague memories of, of that actually happening in schools. Yeah, but I, I, I remember that. That with a lot of different uh, sort of collector's items, especially around uh, primary school, they would always get the fight, 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 fight chart going. <laughs> a bit of theft or an accusation at least 
Maybe you just left it at home. Anyway, <laughs> let's move yeah. on. <laughs> I don't think my parents let me actually take anything big to school. They like one or two cards, maybe. They're, they're very worried about stuff being stolen. Um, Lucas, you you, st- you you have continued. So you, you stopped collecting for a bit, or you, you um, have gone consistently through? Um, and tell us about what you collect now card-wise and how much have the cards changed? they changed lots, or are they kind of looking pretty similar to what they used to look like? Yeah, um, I stopped probably in about 2000 um, and then had like a couple more goes at it, you know, 2010 maybe, 2011. But then um, pandemic hit, uh, it was like a couple of years ago now, and that's when I got back into collecting um, NBA cards. It's, a li- it's, it's far different as an adult now. Um, back in the day, like if you opened a, like, a single packet and you got, a base or like you know a michael jordan it'd make your day but yeah. now base cards are just absolutely worthless they they are back then as well but you know like no one wants them um and generally a, a lot of the collecting that day nowadays because they're so expensive these cards is they're done by breaks so um how that works is like there's a breaker you have a expensive box of cards and people pay in that so they'll like pay in to get all the bulls cards in that break or, or this whatever um and then the breaker opens it and then you get all the the bulls ones and it's um yeah it's it's definitely not it's different and it's not as fun um yeah. so i just basically nowadays i just buy the odd single card that i want um and mainly mainly just i collect soccer cards now so it's the odd um autograph uh, legend at the, the basketball so yeah um, definitely not as fun now yeah yeah oh, it sounds like still that similar um lure though right like you're you still opening those packs in a way and you've got all a certain you know team or whatever which which definitely sounds as pat alluded to you know a form of gambling in a, in a less oh, yeah. less damaging way which is um which is always pretty fun yeah, because, um, yeah, like I said, when the pandemic hit, there was, you couldn't go out at all. Yep. There was no yep. sports on. So people started collecting them again, and uh, it was kind of like something to do. Um, mm. So, yeah, that that's a, it came back in a massive way over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it sounds like kids are, kids are collecting them again now as well, which is, um, which is awesome. Because I definitely, yeah. even though we spent, like, you know, shitloads of money, really, considering how how young we were um, and how they're probably worth basically nothing. I def- it's not one of those things you look back on and think, oh, it was a waste of time. There was definitely a lot of joy, I think, that you got from it as well. Um, I definitely remember getting a lot of joy and um, definitely cemented like a lifelong love of basketball for me, which is which is um, which is cool. Um, anything to add, Pat? We've summed up collecting in the nineties pretty well, especially uh you know, we made it pretty local in the Hutt Valley with uh the Queen's Arcade references, but um I'm sure but, lots yeah, of people overseas. I, 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 it's quite that. interesting the way it sort of swayed your uh your opinion on the sport as well. I think um I think a lot of the PlayStation games probably did the same thing as well. You're looking at player ratings and you're like, Oh, okay, so that player's good. So you think they're good in real life and uh 
probably similar to the card collecting with all the stats in the back. But um, no, great stuff. To, to add to that, the swaying, uh, the stats did tell a story, but now you look back and you realise like Dominic Wilkins was an unbelievable scorer and just just basically refused to play defence, you know, and um, you just sort of, and Dominic Wilkins was amazing, but the cards didn't really tell the full story in that regard. Um, but yeah, I used to love Dominic Wilkins. And I think one of the great tidbits about him was if you looked at, you know, they were, where they where they were born, if you remember, they had a lot of the cards, and Dominique Wilkins was Paris, France, was uh, was always a good little tidbit about him. And um, the other one that I liked was Rex Chapman, was born in a place called Bowling Green, in Kentucky, which I always thought was hilarious. And um, Tony Kukoc was born in Split in Croatia, which of course now I know is just a standard city, but back then a name like Split was always very funny. Um, yep, yeah, I've been to Split. I almost died there, almost lost my leg there, but you know, that's a story for another time. <laughs> uh, what about yourself, um, Goody? Have you got any, any, anything to s- sum up or any other, anything else? Yeah, nothing really. So, I think we we know the most about There's a couple of uh, fun facts I've got. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, does anyone know of the NBA Hoops 1990 Mark Jackson card? I do not. I'm typing into it now, but go for it. Tell us. Have, have a look. Um, yeah, go, I've a look got at a home. few of them. Was that? Have a look at home if you if you're listening. Yeah. Um, so if you if you search that and you'll hear, you'll see the two two uh, boys um, to the right of Mac, Mark Jackson in the front row. One of them's got a hat on. Yeah. Um, so. They're the the Mendes brothers. They're the two brothers who killed their parents. Um, And I believe they they killed their parents and then they went to this Knicks game at night. Um, And they're they're filmed in, well, they're taken in that that card. So that's that's a pretty pretty cool one. That's Um, unbelievable. Yeah. how good! I I can't believe I didn't know anything about that. I'm such a card yeah. slash basketball nerd, and I've never heard that story. Yeah, it's a, it's a because if you look at them, they they look pretty uh, pretty calm and collected. Yeah. Um, another couple of things is Card Crazy and Mark One are still alive and they're still trading online. So uh, what? Wow! Really? Yeah. Why yeah. don't you look that up? Oh, shout out to Card Crazy. I, I'm sure I had that card as well, that Mark Jackson card. You probably did. It was a common card. And then that that came to light uh, not too long ago that, that it was Mendes Brothers. And on eBay, that card just, just blew up and like it was selling for heaps for some reason. Now it's calmed down a bit. So Yeah, I just I just read that it was, it was selling for 15 to 20 cents and then... Sort of a day later, when people realised fifteen to twenty dollars. Yeah, I think it got up to a hundred at one point, which is wow. crazy. Wow. Hmm. wow. What kind of impact did uh, the Last Dance have on the nineties card scene? Well, specifically Michael Jordan. Huge. Uh, Jordan is like traditionally Jordan's cards have always been up; they haven't really gone down. There's a, um, but yeah. Jordan's cards went flying high. If you look at, oh, I don't know, eBay, the uh, 86 Jordan rookie or something, that's, yeah. you know, graded 
in the hundreds of thousands of dollar cards, you know. Mm. But they just exploded when that documentary came out. Mm. Definitely. I know uh, a friend that I may or may not have mentioned earlier, Shane Jackson. Um, <laughs> he uh, he funded uh, a new pinball machine on a lot of the Jordan cards he sold uh, over that pandemic. It was around twenty grand. So yeah, wow. there's a lot of buyers out there. Mm. Yeah, I've I've got a I've got a brother that I may or may not have mentioned that he he had a theory about seven years ago that. He was talking to his his wife's actual, actually is her granddad about why he started collecting art. So because her granddad made a lot of money through art, and he's just so I was I thought of things that people might wanted now but couldn't afford it. And that's why he bought art. And at that time, my brother bought I think either three or four Michael Jordan rookie cards. Wow! So he's holding on to them. Wise, wise investment. Good piece of uh, advice there. Yeah, absolutely. Should That's right. Dress. So if anyone wants to go steal them, or not. Nah. Uh. Hey, hey. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm owed a few basketball. I owed a few Jordans, as you know. So you know, don't tell me the address. <laughs> you would. <laughs> well, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure, and I, I could probably talk on the subject for a lot longer, but everyone will uh, just. Just stop listening at some point. So um, big thanks to Lucas for coming on today and sharing your, your knowledge. And um, yeah, we'll have you on again shortly. I know Lucas is also a big Simpsons fan, so I um, have to get you on for one of those. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for uh, allowing me on. Absolutely. Um, check out the uh, our Instagram, uh, WIWT90s, um, for any updates. Is that right, uh, Pat? I have no idea. Neither of us, <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh, You've probably already uh, subscribed anyway if I stuffed that up. So um, have a good night, guys, and um, hopefully we've inspired you to buy another basketball pack or two online. Cheers. Outstanding. Cheers.